Abby. And I'm Allie. And it's About, about Time for True Crime. Hey. Oh my Shut God. Up. Stop it. <laughs> every goddamn time. Literally every time Allie and I talk, we say something at the same time. Seriously. It's wild. Um, how's your week been? How are you doing? My weekend was fan freaking tastic. You know, because you were there. Ooh. Um, watched a lot of Reno 911. Love. Which. I don't know. It just cracks me up. Obviously, I didn't watch it when it was like on on. Yeah. But there's something about the like old Comedy Central logo, like that microphone yeah. looking thing and just raunchy as hell. So inappropriate and terrible and awful and offensive to literally everybody. And I that just cracks me up. Yeah. Because you just have to laugh at yourself. Yeah. And it's it's nice. I feel like it's one of those like equal opportunity offensive shows. Like, doesn't matter who you are, what you're doing, you're gonna get made fun of, and I like that. <laughs> oh no, no one's safe, and I really appreciate that. I don't know, and I just think it's funny, and I think a lot of the show was like improved. Yeah, I, I don't know that all of it was scripted. I think they had some scripted parts, and then they just s- tried to say the most outlandish things and go with it. And honestly, it just some of it dates itself. You know, like it looks like in early two thousands. Yeah show but i don't know there's just parts of it that just make you absolutely crack up laughing especially after a long day of work you're like you know what this is hilarious (laughs) yes something i can just like it's dumb it's stupid i can zone out to it and i can cackle when i like pop back in you know yes you don't need to like know the storyline or anything it's just like good to have on in the background you can still laugh about it and the episodes are just so quick yeah so i've been i did a little bit of that love Hung out with a friend, went for drinks, did that kind of thing, and then Love. cleaned and just got, you know, mentally prepped for the week. Love. And now here I am. I've said love so many times already, and we're two minutes in. Sorry about that. Love. Love. How about you? Peace, love, happiness. Um, My weekend was good. My weekend was very busy. I was not home between... Friday and Sunday which was kind of sad for me I missed my cat (laughs) and now I have I don't have to I'm actually very excited to go home but I get to go home for a wedding but that just means I'm gonna spend more time away from my cat so I'm like a little depressed about that I'm not gonna lie to you (laughs) the snugs will be so much better when you get home I know but he's like started curling up with me when I sleep now where like if I'm on my side I'll wake up and he's like right by my chest and I'm like "Mm." That's really important Bob. like context here because Abby's cat was an absolute menace when she first adopted him. I could not sit in the same room as him for more than like two hours without getting attacked. And now I can like pick him up and smooch him like a baby. And he's still like he's still getting there with the snugs. He likes them, but I think he's learning to be like, oh, OK, this is safe. We're good. I think what was it like the first month you had him when I was over and he would just like attack my hair I was like bro yeah <laughs> he still does that every now and then when I'll be sitting and I'm like oh you still do that <laughs> some things never change you're gonna oh. crunch on my hair forever aren't you always honestly I attribute it to him that I don't have a lot of split ends anymore I think oh. he just crunches them off before Ew. they get there <laughs> so uh. bad Oh, Newton. He's a little um, shit, but we love him. It's true. So my weekend was good, though. I got to see some family. I got to see some friends and you. We got to, like, hang out and watch TV and just... Um, Veg. Yes, which we never do. No, we never get to do that. So it was nice to just do absolutely nothing. Yeah. 
Um, so that was fun. And then this week should be good. I'm prepping for the wedding, which is nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, otherwise life is still pretty boring. Yeah. Yeah. How about you guys? What are you doing? I know. Let us know what's been going on. What are your fall festivities? Also question for you. Cause last week you heard a very, very, very old case from Abby. Yes. And a well comparatively kind of old (laughs) case from me and we both tried to steer clear of like diving into too much of like the historical context and really just focus on like the case itself or the topic or that specific section we're looking at but let us know do you want more of a historical sort of approach to some things do you want some more of those topics in there because personally I am a huge history buff I love that stuff I would love to go off about all of those things but I don't know if that's what you guys want to hear so you got to let us know well and also like keep in mind that for some things we'll have to add cultural and historical context for but for like Ali's case where we covered um a literal heinous woman who was a slave owner many of her victims were slaves it's really hard for us to sort of keep that and check with the atrocity of her specific crimes in a greater period of atrocity basically right and so we tried really hard to like I know with your feedback especially trying to not focus on like okay the context of the entire situation is just bad right but I'm zeroing in on this specific case of how this got extra bad right and how she was basically run out of town for how evil she was, which, like, didn't happen. Yeah. Um, that was, you know, when you're a serial, serial killer uh, with money and you can just flee to a different <laughs> country, I guess that works out better for you. It does seem to do that. A um, little bit. But I want to know if you guys like things like that, if you want yeah. a deeper dive. Because, honestly, I would love to do a deep dive into, like, Nazi Germany and what some of their practices were and, like, because... The victims in that were astronomical. Yes. And even, um, you know, like the first one that I did, the Romanovs, Mm -hmm. that was very historical because you needed a lot of the context to sort of understand why things got to the place that they did. But also I'm the same way. Like there are so many things that I'd love to do a special topics on. Like, for instance, literally everything going on in North Korea. Um, Fascinating horrible awful but it's these things that are kind of cultural historical things that include true crime that are heinous and morbid and dark and twisty but also do share a lot more of that sort of um timeline cultural significance as well so if you guys are into that do let us know i know because a lot of this stuff really you know it's true crime in that okay it's real crime that was taking place like it it is true but maybe not necessarily the capital T capital C true crime that we know it as today and what is you know a lot of podcasts are on and things like that but I love history podcasts I spend a lot of time (laughs) listening to those too uh Darren Carlin is amazing if you haven't listened to that you absolutely should everything by him oh I haven't oh my god they're incredible he's just he's an incredible storyteller and I think shedding light on you know those were all crimes in their time so i don't know Mm -hmm. let us know if you guys want to hear that i would love to go deeper into those and shed light on some of those like really big historical ones that really sort of set the tone for the time 
yeah i i think those are fascinating and important to talk about so you gotta tell us hail yeah well i'm glad that we're talking about that and in relation to my case last week i have a much more current case today Ooh. Uh, although that bar was low uh, uh, yeah yeah but today i'm actually going to be talking about a story that takes place in the 70s and the 80s okay and just so you guys know if you're new here hi how are you hey we love you thank you for joining us um every time abby and i sit down to record this i don't know what case she's covering she doesn't know what case i'm covering you guys know because you clicked it and you saw the title but really uh we go into it blind as yeah. the as the other person the other woman if you the will. other woman and oh my gosh what like a fun little name for if we did like our patreon random <laughs> chats the other woman the other woman <laughs> Although I think that might be a little misleading for people clicking on it. Just a wee bit. (laughs) But if you're already on Patreon, you know who we are. So you know what? Hey. So I'm really excited. And by excited, I mean horrified. This case is particularly bad. It is um, a big, big, big content warning. There is lots of pedophilia, lots of sad baby angel children that are hurt and um, little to no reward at the end of it. So I'm sorry. Holy fucking shit, Abby. But (laughs) (laughs) uh, we got to talk about it because nobody else will. And literally. So so is the entire episode like a big trigger warning? Yes. So I'm just saying this. If you guys want to skip this episode, I will not be offended. I will not be sad about it. I wanted to talk about it because I feel like it's one that I don't hear about a lot in reading this. It's friggin' nuts. And also just even more evidence of the way that we mistreat our people of minorities. So uh, terrible, sad trigger warning. If you need to move on to Allie's episode Thursday, do that. That's okay. Does this take place in the U.S.? Uh, no, this is in South America, primarily Colombia and Ecuador. Okay. As well as Peru. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to be talking to you guys today about Pedro Lopez. Have you heard of this? I've never heard of him before. Okay. Pedro Lopez is one of Colombia's most notorious serial killers. Oh, goodness. Serial. Okay, geez. Is currently alive and his whereabouts are unknown. Oh, that's fucking terrifying. Okay. Yes, it sure is. So uh, I wanted to start in 1998. So a sweet baby angel, Abby, was barely alive and coming into the world at this time. The sweet baby angel, Abby, was a sweet baby angel. Yes, was quite literally sweet baby, baby, baby angel. And um, Pedro Lopez, his whereabouts have been unknown since 1998. So that's 24 years. Oh, God. Yeah. And he's remained pretty much undetected and off the radar. And we don't really know how. But let's get into what we do know about him. Okay, let's do it. So we're going to start in his early life. I wanted to talk about baby Pedro because, as we know, babies tell a lot about their adult selves. So what we know about it was that Pedro was born in Santa Isabella, Colombia on October 8th, 1948. Okay. Um, meaning his birthday was literally Saturday, you guys. He just turned 74. Spooky ooky as hell. So Pedro was born to Medardo and Benilda Reyes. Medardo, uh, Pedro's father, died in La Violenza, which was Colombia's 10-year civil war. Okay. And that took place from 1948 to 1958. 
And so originally I thought that Pedro's father had died during his early childhood. Mm -hmm. Well, I didn't know until, well, I had to read many reports, but it took me quite a few to get here that he actually died before Pedro was even born. Pedro's mother, Benilda, was three months pregnant at the time. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. She might not have even known she was pregnant at the time. Her husband dies and now... Right. Wow. Literally. But um, not like she wasn't already having to anticipate taking care of other children because he was the seventh born of 13. Holy mother of shit. It is a lot of babies. So, and hey, obviously... busy. Woo. Yes. Um, I assume for Pedro, this was quite heartbreaking and traumatizing. Although also... I'm not really sure what that looks like when you're three months in your like utero, you know, hmm. is that just all he knew? Did he hold any resentments? We, we really don't know. Probably just raised by his siblings. Right. So, like I said, Pedro was the seventh of 13 kids, meaning he was pretty much the middle child. Mm-hmm. If I do my math there, right? <laughs> yes. Unless, and, unless you want to count half a kid, then yeah. <laughs> yeah literally. So... His mother described him as polite, and when he was a baby, she said he wanted to be a teacher when he grew up. I'm guessing he didn't do that. No. Um, he did teach just heinous, heinous things. Oh, good. To victims while he was doing them. So that wasn't <laughs> oh, great. Oh, all right. Um, but a scholar, if you will. Childhood wasn't easy on Pedro or any of his family, especially after his father passed. Of course not. In order to survive, Benilda, Pedro's mother, was turned to sex work and often had physically abusive clients uh she herself was abusive to the kids that was reported on multiple occasions but i have an assumption that there was some sort of sexual abuse also happening from the clients maybe to the children um or you know i actually have no idea what it's like to be a child watching your mom uh, participate in sex work to keep your family afloat so and also probably in front of you or in the home or whatever right if there's a home right yep. it's columbia in the 40s 50s yeah yeah so in, in the middle of a war <laughs> yep in a civil war too so yeah. everyone you're fighting is right next to you um but he was kicked out of his home when he was eight because he was found fondling or assaulting his younger sister Oh, what the hell? Yep. By eight. So that's where the mom drew the line? Yeah. Okay. It's it's okay for me to do it, but for you to do it. <laughs> right. Goodbye. So, uh, like, at eight years old, on foot, he walked 90 miles, or for those of you who care for kilometers, 146 kilometers. I don't. <laughs> from El Espinal to Bogota, which is where he became one of the Los Camines. Um, which is what they called the homeless children in the capital at that time. Colombia has several thousand orphaned children and homeless kids that associate with this title, known for their street culture of impudence, and they used to seek each other's approval by, like, kind of what we consider to be street culture here. So the worse my crime is, so long as it doesn't involve kids, the better off I am in street culture, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so during this time, Pedro ended up in a gang and got hooked on an impure form of cocaine called basuco, which I read this. And as someone who does not speak Spanish, I can't specifically talk to the context, but I heard that that actually meant like a derogatory form of dirty garbage, (laughs) basuco, because the cocaine was so impure that it just was literally like putting trash near your body. 
I mean, it is anyway, but yeah. Yeah. And they would lace the cigarettes with bazooka and that would get kids hooked on the cocaine and then they would come back. So. And then they're customers for life. Sure are. And Pedro was one of them. So I did some quick background on street life in Gaboda during this time. And when I talked about Los Camines, um, these are basically a network of the orphan kids in the city. This sounds gang-like. Yes. So there were a lot of gangs, but there was beggars, there were thieves, and obviously all of them kind of grouped up into those gangs for survival. Like Pedro's eight. Yeah, There's a homeless. bunch of kids that are orphaned from the war that tried to escape bad home situations or like in his case, kind of half both like mm-hmm. that were just in the street and no social programs. None, no matter where you go, are going to be equipped to handle thousands of kids and kids who have already decided it's us versus them. Right. They've already adopted the mentality that. This is it. This is all I got. And they're not they're not playing games, you know. No. And so during this time, Pedro had to join a street gang to survive, like <laughs> literally to survive. And with that alliance, he helped defend the gangs like territories. And, you know, they would get the best places to sleep after they bludgeon each other with like bats and shit at night. Oh, God. He's eight. They would beat each other literally with like broken bottles, knives, chains, belts. And more than once, Pedro, as a child, like pre 10 years old, saw kids kill other kids. Like this was not a good place to be. That is so traumatic. Yeah. Imagine, imagine just being eight and seeing this part of his life. Like you haven't had to deal with the rest of the shit. That's just breeding sociopaths. It is. And so more, more than that one time, obviously, Pedro witnessed these kids being killed and hurt by other kids. The girls he would see starting as young as like eight or nine would start prostituting themselves to try to make a living. The homeless girls um, were not really the apple of Pedro's eye, if you will. As we find out, as he gets older, he does prefer young women. And by young women, I mean all of his victims were ages nine to twelve. All of them. But he did not really like any of them that were quote unquote impure. And he saw the sex work as impure. Jesus Christ. So that sucks. And the Gamines also had to start watching out for adults who might abduct them or murder them or sexually assault them. Which I'm sure happened all the time as well. Yeah. I mean... Think about it. There's thousands of kids that are skin and bone, literally eating half rotten food out of trash cans if they can find it. That will do and say whatever you ask them to if in exchange for whatever will help them survive. Right. And so, of course, you're going to see these kids be taken advantage of. And what a horrible way to have to defend yourself and people you care about. Like, there's not a trusted adult. There's not a trusted kid. It's I have to fight this kid for my right to sleep on this part of the curb. And then while I'm pretending to sleep there, I have to keep one eye open. So in case any of the neighborhood creeps come around, I'm not the one that gets taken and neither is my friend. Mm -hmm. Like just what a horrid, lonely place to be at eight years old. Terrible. When I was eight, I was writing stories about pigs. (laughs) Like I'm not even kidding. It was a cute little book series. Um, But of like coming soon. Cute little pigs. Like just hanging out. (laughs) <laughs> Jumping on trampolines and shit. Like, 
I wasn't watching kids get killed by other kids for curbs. Yep. Heinous. And so by the 1970s, the Colombian street children had earned a second nickname, Los Desechables, or the Disposables. Oh. Yeah. It's really sad. So, you know, you look at all of this and Pedro might have turned out differently if anything in his childhood had gone differently. Yeah. Um, It was really sad because, I don't know, maybe if his father had made it out of the war, he wouldn't have had to see all of the sex work that he did in the home. He probably would have avoided a lot of the abuse that he saw. I don't know if that he would have avoided abuse done to him because if his mother was abusive, I'm not sure if that was precipitated by something before all of that or not. But, you know, you just think about this and it's sad. Maybe if anyone had been kind to him, we would have saved what is thought to be over 300 lives lost. Oh, God. Yeah. But we didn't do that. Nothing changed. Obviously, this is just the way it was. And we've lost at least 110 confirmed girls. He's reported over 200 extra. And this is Colombia. Yep. Right now, at least. Okay. Yes. Well, Colombia, right now, yes, we've lost over 300 at the time we had not. He had not started killing. Right. Yep. So Pedro was on the streets and reportedly at least once he was approached by strangers that basically said like, oh, I have a spare bed you can sleep in for the night and then just taken to like abandoned buildings and raped, which is awful. And uh, it just makes me so sad. So then by the time he was 10, like this is all before he's 10. And and in these cases, because obviously you've you've alluded to how evil he's going to end up but i always you feel for the child yep the child grows up to be someone horrific but in this no no kid deserves that no it doesn't it does not matter what family you're born into what socioeconomic status you have what the color of your skin is or the person that you like or like fuck the color of your eyes like you don't deserve to be treated like trash no and and nicknamed the disposables yeah, ima- like imagine your self-worth after that. Nope. Like you're already basically just one of the street kids and now you're disposable on top of it. Like I'd be pissed. Eating out of trash cans. Illiterate, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. No. Gosh, imagine school. So Pedro actually could have been lucky because at 10 he was found by an elderly American couple. And they basically saw him and thought the exact same things that we think, which is like, what the fuck? This shouldn't be happening. This isn't fair. Mm -hmm. And they took him in and they were kind to him. Like for two years, he was with them. They adopted him? They didn't adopt him. I think they technically like fostered him for a while. Okay. Um, But yeah, they took him in. They fed him. They made sure he was like safe. And he started to get a lot better. Actually, mm. by all accounts, I haven't heard of any behavioral issues between 10 and 12. What happens at 12? Well, at 12, he gets sent to a boarding school. And it was like a neo-Jesuit boarding school or something like that. So, like, a Christian um, community service focused sect of Christianity, as far as I know. And boarding school they chose to send him there to what give him a better shot at yeah structure and like a good education as far as i know again um i didn't hear anything that said he had behavioral issues during this time i think it was just like here's a good private school that we want to send you to when we can 
And they were Americans living in Colombia. They were Americans. I think they were visiting Colombia. That part isn't super clear. But okay. I know that the boarding school was at least somewhere in South America. Gotcha. So he went to this boarding school and unfortunately um, he was molested again oh, fucking by one of the teachers at the school. And from all the accounts that I read, he didn't tell the American couple. He didn't say goodbye to anybody. He literally stole money from the school and left. Aww. And like as an adult, you hear that and you're like, OK, obviously, I know that it would have been better for him to like tell his, you know, guardians at the time that elder American couple and it would have been better to like deal with it and face it because if he had stayed there like he would have had a pretty good life I'm sure if he told them that they would have helped but no adult in his life has ever helped before them or he never trusted them enough or thought anything would come of it I mean look what everything else he had to compare it to right my dad okay he's dead my mom is abusive when i repeat the behavior she does i got kicked out of my house then i was on like street trash and now finally things are looking up but you send me away to more people that beat me Mm -hmm. so when it happens this is normal yeah i I just don't like it completely understand why he'd be like i'm gonna take my chances with the chaos that i know Mm -hmm. like yeah sometimes there's peace in the chaos when that is all you know so i get that it just makes me sad because I'm like, he was so close. Like, he was one choice away. It's terrible. But, Also, alas, fuck that teacher. Yeah, right? You're, you should not be allowed to teach anyone, let alone at a boarding school, if you have any sort of I, I know. affinity for children. Uh, yeah. Um, however, uh, Pedro obviously grew up a little bit, and he ran away, and he went, I believe, back to Colombia. Um during this time and it's just sad and when people would talk to him about his childhood he would be vengeful like he said he wanted justice basically he wanted to get back at the people who hurt him right and it's just it's sad like god all of that is enough trauma for one lifetime let alone for a 12 year old oh yeah it's ridiculous so I just wanted to say, though, like we just talked about, this is where Pedro, in my mind, stops being a child and a victim of his circumstance and becomes an adult. Mm -hmm. Like, I do understand there's a nature versus nurture debate and all of that. But at some point, he is a grown up. He can make his own choices. And do I think that 12 year olds are grown ups? No. But do I think this kid has seen enough to make good decisions? Yes. You're responsible for your own actions. Exactly. And so... From here on out, he chooses to be exactly what preceded him mm-hmm. and came before him and made him. So then we're going to get to the crimes. I don't think I'm going to like this, huh? No, you might want to buckle up. Oh. Yeah. Because so, remember, that's the good part of the story, what we just went over. That was good? All right, in comparison. Are you shitting me? Nope. Oh, no. So Pedro starts getting in trouble with the law around 18 to 21 reports various to when he was first arrested. Okay. Because he flew under the radar there for a long time. I mean, there were probably just what literal thousands of them doing that. I mean, yeah. they're going to pick one and arrest him. Yeah. Well, and you look too, right? He was born in 1948. The Civil War goes 10 years. So anything that happens under 10, I understand you're dealing with shit. And then everything <laughs> you know? after that is just recouping after it and cleaning so then 
you know what he's probably 12 around that time comes back joins the gangs again and Mm -hmm. now they're still recouping and finally they get around to it six or so years later and um he had worked his way up during his teenage years through the gangs in the streets right so he worked his way from like pickpocketing to like stealing food and got all the way up to automobile theft which is where we are okay he stole a car and various reports um basically again they said it was between 18 and 21 there's a lot of trouble finding his ages concrete through some things here well i'm sure little of it was documented exactly so i I don't know if that's because of the little documentation i don't know if that's because inaccurate reporting through columbia at the time i don't know what the standards were if there were any um but I'm not sure. So kind of give or take three or so years from all of the ages in here. Mm-hmm. I did my best. <laughs> sure. So he did get arrested and imprisoned for stealing this car. And while he was imprisoned, wait for it. Mm-hmm. He was gang raped again. Oh, my God. It was awful by like four guys. And this was allegedly like two days into his sentence. Jesus Christ. So what does he do? He's an adult now. He made a shift like a makeshift knife. And went and killed the four of them. Well. The next day. So as far as we know, this these are his first murders. Well, that's a lie. He killed three of them. One of them survived in critical condition. I, I mean. Well, he sure tried his hand, though. Do you blame him? No. And here's the part that's wild, though. He received no jail time for this. I think he might have gotten, like, a few months tacked on. But the warden knew. The warden found out, and when the warden found out, his reaction was allegedly, it's nothing. Don't worry about it. Wow. Yikes. Imagine so, imagine what must have been going on in that prison that, like, he had bigger things to deal with, that an inmate killing three others and, like, permanently maiming another one. After ap- they raped him. After a gang rape is, like... Yeah, well, I mean, you know, win some, lose some, you know, (laughs) just move on. It's like, what? Beyond my fucking comprehension. I can't even imagine. Can't fathom that. I can't imagine what is more important to try to keep in check than than lives and like physical well-being. Yes. Even if not mental well-being, just like keeping your prisoners alive is bare minimum. So that's below the bare minimum, by the way. But... (laughs) Literally the least you can do. So they did officially deem the attacks as self-defense because I guess at this time in Colombia, doing something like that in the heat of passion in retribution for another crime or something counted under self-defense. So they added like a couple months. (laughs) A drop in the bucket. Okay. Yeah. But then he gets out, which is worse. So in the 11 years following, he was nicknamed the Monster of the Andes and reports killing over 300 young girls between the ages of 9 and 12. Oh, my God. How have I never heard of him? And here's what's worse. We know, like, nothing about the victims. Like, as little as documented about Pedro, there is less on the victims. I know of one girl, and I don't even know her name. And I searched. Like, I'm telling you, I looked. Oh. And you know me. Yes. I'm like Internet FBI. I can find a lot of shit really (laughs) fast. I could not find any of their names. 300, not one. Jesus. 
Like how fucked is that? It ugh. anyway. So <laughs> Sorry. I was really mad. <laughs> so he must have liked how the killing felt again because he did not stop. Um, Pedro was said to have sought out young girls, usually of partial or complete indigenous descent um, or native Colombians and low socioeconomic status. During this time, he traveled to Peru. Okay. So right after he was incarcerated, he was let out. He travels down to Peru and he would lure victims out to rape and murder them. Uh, exactly like it was done to him yep time and time and time and time and time again at that least. he so badly wanted revenge for yep gotcha yes okay we're making a lot of sense here mm-hmm. and he reports that there were dozens like during this 11 year killing spree that he had he was averaging three victims a week at one point oh my god isn't that awful i'm not he even would... averaging like three good dinners a week no <laughs> No, if there's anything, I'm averaging like three full nights of sleep a week. Like, Oh, my God. Can you? I just, oh, I can't even wrap my brain around it. Like he would go to markets and then he would lure them away. He would like stalk people for a few days at max. And then he'd be like super sweet and charming and feign being like lost in the city or lure the little girls away with like trinkets and goodies. I mean, they were all cheap, but. Still, like, someone is offering you something nice. And again, if they're anything like his childhood was, it's not great. Right. And you take what you can get. Yeah. And, I don't know, you're naive as a kid. Even if you're not trusting, you're just naive. Yeah. And it was just sad as hell. Like, again, he'd lure them away. He'd rape them. He'd strangle them. He'd bury their bodies in shallow graves. Mm. And frequently at the same sites. So we'll get into that later, but like just freaking devastating and evil. But during this time, police literally didn't care. Why? Because they were indigenous of low socioeconomic status and they either just assumed the girls had been sold into sex work and there was nothing they could do about it um, or assumed they were runaways because every nine year old I know runs away from home in Colombia with this kind of turmoil. The sheer number of people we believe are runaways yeah. that are fucking not runaways is baffling. I don't understand why. I don't understand why runaway is the go-to response. I think it's just because it's easy. It's, it's convenient to say, well, they, they picked up and they left because they're not here anymore and that's it. And they couldn't bring everything with them. So that's, they just, they took off. And you know how many reports there are of like, kids running away and then realizing it's cold out at night or like oh I didn't pack a lunch for tomorrow and not having that development in your frontal lobe to think through like what are actually the consequences if I do this thing mm-hmm. um, you might get to like end of your street turn like get to the point where you can't see your house and go oh mm, no and then you I'm go back go home. yeah and I think that a lot of kids try running away I think very few kids stay ran away mm-hmm And it's just frustrating. And it doesn't help that, of course, the victims that he picked, he intentionally chose to be the ones that weren't going to be looked after. Or there were so many kids in the family that no one was going to, it wasn't going to be as noticed as like a only child or something like that. It's the difference of a dozen and a baker's dozen, 12 or 13. You're still overwhelmed with mouth to feed. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. goodness. So... I wanted to get into a little bit of his modus operandi, like how he worked, you Mm -hmm. know. 
Um, basically, he would select girls that appeared to be easy targets. So he thought the police wouldn't work hard to find them. Again, either they're poor, um, they're indigenous, they're thought of as lesser than in that community or just not important enough to the police to spend their time and resources there. And so he would, again, try to target girls of that full or partial indigenous descent, once saying, uh, and this is a real fucking quote, by the way, from Mm -hmm. this piece of shit, I spent many days following rich families and their beautiful blonde daughters, but I never got the chance to take some. Their parents were too watchful. Uh, Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. He would target the poor girls, um, the girls that would sell things on their street corners, uh, girls living in the depth of the countryside that he could kind of like lure away without a lot of notice. Um, And he'd charm them. And in order to have plausible deniability, he literally would just be kind. Like they would come with him. He didn't force any girls. Mm. It was all a ruse every single time. You know what I think is funny? Hmm. Because you said that his type was more like pure girls and girls that he assumed had not, right? You know, done the deed or anything anything pious. I think it's ironic that his killings in when he was incarcerated were like vengeful retribution, sort of that like mission right oriented. You would think that he would choose the ones that he detested the most. Right. So the ones that were sex workers, the ones that reminded him of his mother or something like that, things that bring up his childhood. It's just, to me, it's ironic. doesn't make it better. That's all terrible. Right. But it's just, it's odd to me that he's like choosing. Well, agreed. And it's. honestly this is one of the reasons i think i don't want kids like first of all it always goes back to the mom but second of (laughs) all it's and again i would not you know participate in sex work in front of children or abuse children or allow anybody else to abuse my children so long as i had say Mm -hmm. but um it's kind of a damned if you do damned if you don't with him because it's like yeah his mom sucked so what does he do he hurts little girls that don't suck Mm mm-hmm like, I totally get it. You could have gone either way. If it was me, logic says, like, yeah, go for the one that fits your quote unquote mission. Well, right. And the ones typically, you know, you'd see ones that remind them of that person, whether they looked like them, whether it was a right, sex Ted work Bundy. or not. Yeah. I mean, yeah. to be a, a girl with a, a brunette with a middle part in the 70s was a little risky. Yeah. Uh, I think that's why the side part came into style. Around Bundy. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. Just, that sort of idea so it's just so weird to me that he sought out people that he you know he wanted revenge and that it's like oh let me choose this population of people that have never hurt me right and it's it's just sad like I feel like in a lot of ways he must have gotten mentally stuck at that age and oh I'm sure synapses were not happening yeah (laughs) he just got stunted that that brain cell uh factory was not doing so hot trauma will do that it sure will um, and he sure had a ton of it before the age of fucking eight. In- insane. Ugh. But I'm going to go into something pretty hard, so I'm going to try to get past this part kind of quick. So, um, just a heads up. This is what he would do once he got the girls. You can skip forward a couple seconds if you don't want to hear it, but Allie is stuck listening to it. So sorry. I am. Um, Lopez 
Pedro would take the girls to isolated areas, frequently on the edge of town. <laughs> you guys, Mia, Ali's cat just knocked over a ton of plants. Hold on, we'll be back. <laughs> Okay, you guys, all is fixed here. We've cleaned up the plant mess. My God, this cat. Well, that was a nice little mental break from all this shit. I know. I wonder if the audio caught the I did the crime scene. Looks unfolding. like there might have been a little bit of a crash in there, so oh we'll find God, out, I guess. So funny. Well, it's okay, guys. Now she's just looking out a different window. Being cute as hell. Just... Meow went away. Just chilling. If you guys hear, she feels she's saying sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was nice to laugh. I know. Let's go. Let's get back into the apparently terrible. Okay. More terrible part than before. So sorry for any of you that skipped earlier, but you're gonna have to skip again because we got a little bit of a issue that we had to solve. But, um, Lopez Pedro would take the girls to isolated areas on the edge of town. He would sexually assault them. Mm-mm. This part specifically, like, literally boils my blood. Like, I think if I think about it too long, I am going to overbake and just, like, die. Mm-hmm. Um, but he would then leave the girls alive and sleep next to them all night. And he would whisper reassuring things to them and, like, try to make them feel better. Mm-hmm. And then in the morning, he would assault them again. And then he would strangle them. And he waited for the sun to come up so he could look at them in the face when he oh did it. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. No, like, this is an evil fucking man. Like, I feel bad for the boy, but this man is pure fucking oh evil. Oh, my God. I just want to set him on fire. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Like, can you... I... You know, like, we've talked about before. When we look at these cases, you think about it. Like, what would it be like to be in these people's shoes? What is it like to have to deal with that? And I can only say... There would be nothing more devastating and like, like, I don't get angry a lot. I I feel like Allie knows this, but like, I just, I really don't get <laughs> I angry you were a say, lot. I feel like Allie does. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like, you know, like it takes a lot to get me angry. Yes. I think I would be in like a blind rage if, you know, you go through this terrible traumatic thing only to be reassured all night, like you're kept alive. You're like, okay, maybe I'm making it out of this thing. Maybe I just need to get through to tomorrow. I made it through that. I can. Right. I can do this. The worst is over. Only to literally be woken up by more of it to die mm-hmm. because he just wanted to like look at you while he did it. Yeah. It was too dark when he, when he wanted to do it before. Right. Like, Evil. fuck you. Go fuck. <clears throat> I hope he's crusty as fuck now. (sighs) Well, I mean, even though we don't know where he is, there is some hope for that. That he's dead? Hopefully. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Put his body in trial. Fuck Formosa. (laughs) Yeah, literally. Okay. This guy just tried to make a political move. This guy's a literal fucking monster. Yes. (laughs) Uh, So, Lopez, and this is fucked up. Like, fucked up, fucked up. More fucked up? Mm -hmm. So then he would prop their bodies up and talk to it for hours. So there's some psychosis in here. Yep. I mean, there is some... He'd sometimes have Mm-mm. what he would call a tea party. Oh. Um, or else play one-sided children's games. Wow, that's regression. Yeah. And then he frequently referred to his victims as dolls. Okay, so we're going to further dehumanize them. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool, uh, cool, yeah, cool. it doesn't matter that I raped and killed them because they're dolls. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. Ugh. So... 
this would then eventually lead Pedro to become bored. He would hide the body and find another one. Mm. Cool off for a week later on, a couple days. I want to fucking cry. Right? And this happened for like 11 straight years. Like you do the math, 300 people. Oh. That is literally like one every three and a half days. If he splits them all up evenly. Yeah. Um, and due to the high numbers, more often than once, he would bring them back to the same gravesite. So those shallow graves he dug, that's where he was assaulting the next girl. So they could potentially be being murdered right above the remains of the last one that was murdered. Possibly, and wow. on a few accounts, it sounds like quite probably. Wow. Yes. <sighs> so, he obviously, like I said, he liked the more innocent-looking girls. Um, in 1994, <laughs> I said this fucker reports, I walked among markets searching for a girl with a certain look on her face, a look of innocence and beauty. She would be a good girl, always working with her mother. I would follow them, sometimes two or three days, waiting for her to be left alone. <sighs> Hate him. Hate him so much. Uh, but he did like girls aged like 9 to 12, I think they said was the range. But revisiting what I said earlier, the girls who were involved in sex work on the streets, he would never touch them. Um, I guess people speculate that this was because he was revulsed or repulsed by what his mom did. And that makes some sense, like to out of anger, not want anything to do with it. But then I wouldn't out of anger attack the opposite, you know? I mean, I just feel like his response to everything has been violence to things that he doesn't like. So why would he not? Right. Again, not that either one is good or right. I mean, it's all horrible. It's all terrible. But you would just think that. Yeah. Logically. That's I, where his mind would have gone. Yeah. And I guess emotions aren't logic. And that is true. But goodness. So. Pedro rationalized murdering the girls by saying that he was helping them, by sparing them from a life where they would grow older, lose their innocence, and suffer at the hands of other people. Or, in other words, he didn't want them to get old and become like his mother or the woman that he saw in porn. Okay. Um, instead, he was sending the young girls straight to heaven because of their innocence. And, like... So he's a miracle worker. Yeah. Gotcha. No, no, no. He is, he's good. He's doing this for their good. I want to spit in his eye. Mm-hmm. I want to get, like, a nasty disease and then spit in his eye. Ooh. Yeah. I like it. Uh-huh. And his, though. Like, can I go first and then you go and I can back up? Oh, my gosh. So I don't need any of that. Yes. And we'll get, like, two I bet different he'd like that. ugly diseases. Fuck he'd like Ew. it. Fix suck. Ugh. Not a fan. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. A fix suck. Damn. So... Ugh, like there's definitely some psychosis going on, but he would literally be like, I was so considerate. I would spend a long time to make sure they actually were dead. Ew. So rightfully so, Pedro was caught by an indigenous tribe called the Ayachucos. Um, and when I say rightfully, it's because he was caught trying to lure one of their nine-year-olds away. Um, Nine? Nine and, years old? And he didn't? Uh, he didn't get away with it. Good. This is the only girl that I know of, and I don't know her name. So I know she was. So yeah, she's the only one I know of, which is sad because once again, still don't have a name for her. Um, but she was 
one of his attempted victims. He tried to lure her away and the tribe found out, which was good, but they wanted to subject him to a tribal hearing. So by tribal law being caught for this, they were basically just going to bury him alive. Like Mm. that was the punishment and like nice. What a what a love to see it. I mean, it's barbaric, but in this case, I feel like that is good. It, yeah, I mean, look, he wanted justice, right? No, Eighth Amendment over there. Go ahead. <laughs> Literally, cruel and unusual, all you want. This man is cruel and unusual, so mm-hmm. it's proportionate, at least. But of course, like always, um, and by like always, I just mean our plans are foiled. But a Western missionary intercepted and convinced the tribe to give Pedro up to the local police instead. And to be honest, it would have been better for everyone if this didn't happen and Pedro was actually buried alive. I, I normally I don't fall inside of violence, but in this case, I would have liked that very much. Yeah, it would have been nice. It would have been nice for the literal hundreds of girls that we could have saved to just like put a stop to this. Mm-hmm. But no. OK, Um. so he was captured. He continued to lure, rape, and murder women between the ages of 9 and 12 as he moved through South America. I believe he ended his journey in Ecuador. So I think he was convinced to be given up to the local authorities. He escaped that, ended up down in Ecuador, and this is where he ends up getting caught. Uh, The girls continued to go missing in Ecuador, and he was caught by authorities. After the series of girls had gone missing at this time ecuador was at least kind of on their shit like they noticed something was going on and they were like "Mm, we need to get on that so at this time pedro was successful in pretty much avoiding all of the authorities and the police if they could track girls down weren't doing very well so families themselves actually started to take out like ads in the paper for their daughters good for them and like This is pretty unheard of. Like, this is going into the 70s now. Um, And I'll talk a little bit about it. But the economy was starting to kind of boom. Like, they ended up having a pipeline put in that got them some revenue. And they had some other industries booming as well. Like, just starting to grow. And this was giving people economic privilege they'd never had. Mm -hmm. So, families could put out missing ads and papers. And suddenly, it was like the police... We're getting the story. They weren't the ones tracking it down. Like they were like, oh, this person is missing. And it's not just like a runaway. Mm -hmm. So in 1979, there was a flash flood and it was wild, but it led officials to four bodies. And this put the community on like high alert. They were like, how awful. Right. That that's how you. A flash flood. And then you find four dead girls. But like if you're one of the girls, that's how you're. That's how you're discovered after Mm -hmm. all of that time. And if you're the family of those girls. ugh, Very sad. And so at least people are on the lookout now. Right. Right. And come 1980, the community was like on high alert. Pedro was caught in Ecuador by this woman, Carlina Ramon, like mm, lover, queen, like hero of the story right now, because nobody else had fucking caught this guy in 11 years 11 years and she saw him trying to lure her daughter away from a supermarket and she was like i ain't having none of this shit wow in my head she like pulled him by the ear and what brought a, him to what authorities a badass like 
because he was always charming. His whole thing was the ruse, right? So even if someone came over, what what would the mom say? Like, oh, don't help my kid. Right. So it was impressive to me that she saw this and she was like, oh, fuck, no, we're not doing this. I'm taking you to the police. So she brought him. He he doesn't look. I'm looking at him. I can see how he could be. Right. Charismatic. It's not like he's got this striking evil look about him. No, there's there's no turned up eyebrows. There's no fangs like I could totally get it. And a lot of it, too, is he was either being really nice and charming or he was just, you know, feigning the need for help. I'm lost. I need help around. For a monster, he doesn't look like a monster. No, he does a great job. I want whatever skincare he has Mm because he does not look nearly as horrid as he is. (laughs) (laughs) But um, once in custody, Pedro refused to tell the police anything um, to the point where it literally took a detective who I think was a pastor. Which is an interesting crossover. I was just going to say that. (laughs) Okay. But his name was Cordova Gudino. And he went undercover as a fellow inmate. And literally, like, for months, gained Pedro's trust. Got him to open up about where the bodies were. And to the point where, like, he later led them to the burial site. Where they found an additional 53 bodies. Oh, my God. 53. Plus the four in Ecuador is at least 57. So the 57 bodies that they had, plus the other confessions that he had that they could substantiate, meant that he was found guilty of 110 murders. And they lost him? Hold on. He was he was charged. He was charged and pled guilty to uh, the murder of the 57 girls in July and the 110 overall. Um, But guess how much time he got for that? I don't know. The way you're asking that tells me I'm going to be upset. You're going to be really fucking mad. Okay. How long? 16 years. Oh, who? 16 years. Mm -hmm. No, I think think you misspoke. I think you meant to say 1,600. No, no, one sixth, eight times two, um, four four times four. four. Yeah. 16. And, but don't worry. Um, I know that seems really cruel and unusual and long. He got out in 14. Uh, I'm sure he was a model fucking prisoner. I'm going to throw up. Why? Because there weren't any nine-year-old girls. Yeah, literally, oh to God, pillage I'm and rape. Yeah. Nope. None of those there. <sighs> yeah. 16 years. Because that was the max sentence you could get in Ecuador. But don't worry. They fixed it. Now you can get up to 25. Why didn't they send him back to that tribe? They fucking should have. Sh- that's where they should have prosecuted. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, so, bitch. The public was rightfully and naturally like fucking outraged. So by the time he got out, he was pretty much ran out of town. So ultimately, Pedro basically served a month each for the 110 victims that he was found guilty for murdering. A month, 30 days for nine year olds. Um, And nothing for the additional 200 plus that he claimed in Peru and Colombia. Wow. He said there was an extra 240 victims that he has not been found guilty for. I'm literally nauseous. Mm -hmm. 240. Like, think about that. Like, just think about those numbers. That is 80. No. Eight classrooms full of children. Like, that's an entire fucking elementary school for some places. That's an assembly full of kids. Like, that's fucking ridiculous. That's horrid so um originally pedro was found um 
to be afraid of being sentenced to death by the firing squad when he returned to Colombia. Oh, little baby. Yeah, he didn't want to be killed. Oh. Um, but he strangled him. Got away. I assume he was never officially connected to the murders in Peru and Colombia. Although all that I found was the Colombian prosecutors didn't have an adequate case. I feel like it would only be fitting that he would be strangled too. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. after he was caressed at night, don't worry. Yeah. Bright and early. You know, at dawn. No, see, ideally, and this is the sadistic, spiteful part of my brain talking. um, He would be told that there wasn't a good case he would be soothed to sleep oh my god and I he would that. wake up to a firing squad yeah i take that back you're, you're better you're better wait fire i still think he should be strangled the way he did it to them i mean i think he should be strangled maybe within minutes of his life and then have to face the firing squad but if his big fear is guns yeah take him out that way let him shit his pants before he dies the same way all those little girls had to oh my god i love that like i'm so fucking i'm not mm, mm, this is not the day this is not the time Ooh. this is not the man Ooh, I love that little part of your brain that pops out. Little mm. little asshole Abby in there. Woo! I know. She can be a dick. Hey <laughs> I try to keep her shoved in there. But sometimes she deserves to me. come hey out. Girl. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> this motherfucker was released from the Garcia Marino prison on August 31st, 1994. Only 14 years mm. after being found guilty for 110 victims. 350 total if you count the 240 that he also admitted to and and i and i do yes i i sure do um so he was deported back to Colombia, where he was tried for a murder that was over 20 years old this is where the prosecutors did not have sufficient evidence to get him anything anything there's 240 victims i think you can find fucking something but no guess not um so instead, he was declared insane and institutionalized in 1995. Um, okay. But three short years later, I guess he was no longer insane. No. And he was declared sane and released. So he wasn't having tea parties with the people he killed anymore? I guess Because there wasn't anyone in there for him to kill? Yeah, the nine-year-olds were in the pediatric unit, gotcha, not the, gotcha, not the gotcha, adult gotcha, ones. Gotcha, so gotcha. Cool, cool, cool. Kind of cool, calmed cool. that down. No doubt, no doubt. So uh, with a whopping $50 bail later... He reportedly visited his mother one last time. Um, he wanted his inheritance. Uh-huh. But turns out she was also dirt fucking broke because it's Columbia in the 90s and the economy was not fabulous. And uh, instead of getting an inheritance, which there was none, he just sold the only bed and chair that was in her home and left. Oh. To never be seen again. Ever. So he's just out there. Mm-hmm. Probably doing this more. By all accounts, we think he's still alive. Nobody has like found a body and can identify it as Pedro Lopez. And in 2002, he was connected to another murder. Uh, Colombia did put in an order of arrest with Interpol, but he hasn't been found by anyone wow. ever. Um, some rumor that he's like a homeless man still on the streets of Colombia. And others say that the family of his victims literally put out uh, like a hit on him and Good. he's dead. I would hope that one of them would get the satisfaction. Yeah. Evil. Yeah. Pedro Lopez. Wow. 1948 to present. I love 240 you. alleged victims, 110 confirmed, 350 total. Young girls aged 9 to 12 were strangled and raped and put in shallow graves. Unidentified. Unknown. Could not find any of their names fucking anywhere. Because what? They're indigenous? 
not one thing and i love you not one thing that you've said has been okay no not one <laughs> like not one and that's why i told you like this fucking sucked that was horrible how is it that we have never heard of a man who is still alive has his freedom and has killed 350 girls I just hope he's so crusty and in pain. I hope that he's got like arthritis. I hope he gets bit by mosquitoes every night and they all get infected. Like. I hope he gets paper cuts between his toes. I hope he steps on Legos daily. Mm-hmm. I hope that of all of those cuts and scrapes and bruises, he gets lemon juice thrown on him constantly. So oh they never God, stop singing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I hope that he struggles with erectile dysfunction his entire life. I hope his balls are so dangly that he steps on them i hope that his teeth are loose and everybody thinks that he's gross because he has bad breath i need to be a little more sadistic um i know i was gonna say (laughs) (laughs) i just pop him a mint i mean what's the i hope he needs a root canal in every tooth he has i'm talking about stepping on his testicles and you're like i hope his breath smells (laughs) and i'll bring that little bring that asshole part back out no i like her locked up she's so mean (laughs) (laughs) and i don't want to have to like mentally wrap my mind around this man like he's a monster and yes i feel awful for baby pedro like young boy pedro should never have to deal with this but neither should the other thousands of orphan kids on the street of columbia same thousands of kids did not do what he did no no i mean yeah probably a lot of them did petty crime I'm sure a lot of them had status offenses, things that they needed to do to survive. But like, but they didn't kill hundreds of n- nine to twelve year old girls. No, hundreds. So, like multiple hundreds. And he served fourteen months. There isn't even anything that I think I enjoy enough that I would do hundreds of times. Nope. Nope. Um. Like I'd sleeping have to, I'd have pasta. To think about it. No, no, no. But I mean, not something, not like a part of your daily routine. I mean, like, no. what is what is something you have to go out of your way for that you do hundreds of times? Certainly nothing that would require days of prep and stocking. Like, uh, like if you think about that, right? 350 victims. Even if he stocked them all for two days beforehand, that's 700 days. That's two full years just stalking little girls he was going to kill. Well, I know, but that's what I mean. I'm saying like that, that is all consuming. Yeah. That was like every single day of his life was either picking one out, then stalking, then luring, then abusing, then murdering, then burying, then start the process over again like that. What in the hell? And, like, in my brain, obviously, because we have not been directed towards any other of the burial sites or anything like that, we don't know what those look like. But a burial site of 57 girls? Like, I'm sorry, it does not matter how big that field is. You're stepping on someone. Oh, my God, that's so horrible. And that was the last place he went, which means that was the shortest place like the shortest amount of time that he was in one place. So I can imagine that Peru and Colombia have fucking worse fields than that. I don't have like my daily life aside from sitting here and what, when we do this, mm-hmm. I, I, I'd like to think I'm very nice. Same. Um, like I said, I keep that sadist in me locked real tight. 
I, exactly, and me too. And I can't even. I would never even hurt a fly. But when you hear of those things that happen with that, no, I wish he got buried alive. That visceral reaction, I think, is that's just human. Like, I don't know. And maybe it also comes from, you know, the fact that I once was nine, as everybody is. But like, I was a nine-year-old girl. I have never been treated in a way where I was afraid that I was going to be lured away from my family, raped and killed. Mm -hmm. And then just nobody gave a fuck because of some bloodline or little money. Mm -hmm. And no one could look or ask questions. Yep. They just were like, oh, okay. On to the next. That is horrible. So um, obviously this was a fucking doozy and it sucked from beginning to end. But I did want to end this with just letting you guys know I'm going to put in the notes for the show and make sure that we put up on our highlights and on our Instagram resources for missing children links. I'll try to see if I can find anything for like reporting anything. Not that I think any of you have heard anything. This was a long time ago. Um and as far as I know, our South America listening base is not huge, but we do have a couple in Brazil. So, hey. Um, but, you know, just anything like that, I'll try to put in some resources for indigenous peoples. But also, I just wanted to use this time to bring some awareness to the fact that not this heinous and not this extent, but even in America, we do not keep track of our missing indigenous women. For most of America, we have a list of at least missing people um, to cross-reference if you come across someone. We, for a long time, I honestly don't even know if we have one now, did not have a list of any of the indigenous people that we thought were missing because of the way that our laws and the laws of reservations work, mm-hmm. um, which, mind you, is pretty fucked up, too. Um, for a long time, if you were white and you went onto a tribal site, like a reservation, um, and you committed a crime and then you left, they couldn't do anything about it. What? Mm-hmm. I believe that's remedied now. Um, but we don't, as a country, give a fuck about our indigenous people. And stories like this where like 350 girls, like young children, girls, mm-hmm. raped, murdered, put in shallow graves trampled all over and nobody gave a fuck and like i'm i'm concerned because we do have women missing and we don't know how many we don't even have an estimate of how many indigenous women have been missing from the u.s you mean yeah yeah and that's here and like we hold ourselves to a pretty good standard in comparison to some other places and nowhere is perfect but like we can't let something like this happen And just look over it because nobody wants to take the time to make a list. Get over it. I wonder how much of it is the laws differing from reservation to arts and how much like federal laws or anything are allowed to impose on that. But I mean, a lot of people, if there's missing persons on reservations, they will approach law enforcement outside of their reservation to ask for help for an investigation so i mean yeah i can't imagine that that's the reason i know there is a lot that's going on in terms of like trying to fix it and it's media so like take it with you know a little bit of a grain of salt and all of that so it's on netflix it's called wind river um 
again, like I said, take it with a grain of salt, but it does actually have a lot of fact-based things going on. And at the end of it does share some of those statistics that I was talking about and can link you to some other places. Allie and I will try to put in some references for um, anything we can do to help support our indigenous population and our natives and I will try to put in anything I can to like, I don't know, help with the trauma that this episode caused you. Yes. Because I know I'll have to talk to my therapist about it, but um, I try to keep it minimal what I make you guys share with your therapist. So please tell them that I'm sorry and thank them for existing. And I would like to turn away from the atrocity that was all of this and do something lighthearted to end this because damn. Big yikes. Big yikes. That was a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. So Allie and I are going to read you some comical laws that exist that have been passed by (laughs) multiple forms of government um, to keep things going, I guess. Just a little lighthearted way to wrap this up, you guys. So the first one I'll share that I think is funny, I learned very recently. Um, And in Alaska... There is a law that says you cannot drop a live moose out of a helicopter or an airplane. Okay, well, there goes my weekend, so. Damn, shit. Um, no, so I guess Alaska has uh, festivals where they, like, make ornaments or art or something inspired by moose droppings. So, poop. Uh-huh. Um, however, PETA heard this and thought that they were dropping moose. Uh- for these festivals. Damn it, PETA. <laughs> and consistently harassed them to the point where even though they were like, no, come, look at this. These are moose droppings. No. Um, PETA still harassed them to the point where they just put a law on the books to shut them up. They were like, fine, you can't put a moose out of the helicopter. Oh, my God. Well, according to FloridaTrippers.com Ooh. in Tampa Bay... You cannot eat cottage cheese after 6 p.m. on Sundays, to which I say, you shouldn't be allowed to eat cottage cheese at all. It's disgusting. Yeah, that's fucking fair. (laughs) (laughs) That's my response. Well, the state of Washington um, has a law that they passed in 1969 saying killing Bigfoot is (laughs) is a felony punishable by five years in prison. So if you find a Sasquatch or a Yeti or a Bigfoot in Washington, you best not kill it. Well... Another thing. Well, that was like my backup plan. For, no, I'm <laughs> I cannot even imagine killing like other than spiders. And I shit you not. It's awful. Yeah. Like I couldn't hunt. I could. I literally could not do any of those things. I, I just want to pet them or like cuddle. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I love that. I couldn't do that. I think that if I met like a Bigfoot, I'd be like, bro, tell me everything. How have you been doing it? How have you gone this long without getting caught? And where do you fucking sleep? Like, you're huge. You probably need a lot of arch support in those feet. Like, what are you doing about that? Oh, my goodness. Uh, any other good ones? Um, apparently, in California, it is illegal to set a mouse trap without a hunting license. Damn. Yikes. Damn. Like, I bet right? a lot of people break that one. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, well... Okay, well, this one isn't super funny, but it's really fascinating to me. 
Um, in Montana, there's a law that if you're entertaining, like you're doing a live performance or something, you have to stay on stage while performing. Oh. Isn't that weird? Hmm. I'm not sure why, but that's a fascinating one. Uh, in California, it's against regulations to let phones ring more than nine times in state offices. And I think we should have that everywhere. <laughs> we should have that everywhere. Agreed, except when the ringtone fucking slaps. And then it's like, keep it up. But in a state it's, office, they don't slap. No, they don't. They're just obnoxious. It's always like, your wife is calling. Oh, you kind of sounded like it. Right? Recalculating. Advance to go and collect $200. <laughs> okay, Siri. Uh, I want one that's just Owen Wilson going like, wow. 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 Your phone's ringing. Wow. Wow. Who's calling? Wow. <laughs> Pick it up. Figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> All right, should we do one more? One more. Okay. In Alabama, bear wrestling matches are prohibited. <laughs> oh, shit. Prohibited. <laughs> So cancel it. Well, there's one other thing you really shouldn't do if you're traveling. Mm -hmm. If you go to British Parliament, it sure is illegal to wear a suit of armor there. So, best disrobe. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. I'll just go naked. (laughs) What? You guys said I couldn't be in a suit of armor. (laughs) Never said anything about my birthday suit. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Yes, thank you for being here, and that sucked, but... That was a rough case. I don't know. I hope you were able to laugh with us during it a little, yeah. at least a little bit. God damn, that and was so if, bad. if not, I hope you at least take solace in the fact that hopefully by talking about it, we are raising awareness and doing something for a population that is totally overlooked right now. Yes. So um, sometimes it sucks to have to, you know, learn about all of this shit, but... We can also use it for good, and I think that we're doing that, and I'm glad that we got to giggle a little together at the end. I heard you. I know you were laughing. I know you guys were laughing, or at least a little, like, <coughs> you're like, <laughs> you know, like a little snort. <laughs> oh, my God. You and your, <laughs> I, know. I can't do it. That's my little, that is my, like, quiet laugh, is I just kind of, like, blow in and out of my nose really fast. <laughs> oh, I know. I hear it. <laughs> yeah, over, like, the sound machines and shit at work. Yes. Oh, my gosh. All right, guys. Well, uh, stay tuned. Allie's this week also sucks. It does in the same kind of way. And, you know, if you guys want some photos of who we're talking about, if you guys want some of the resources that we tell you guys so much that we put out there, we're going to tell you how you can find them. Abby, where would they go? So they could go to our little Instagram. Um, They could go to that little search button. Ooh. Then in the search bar, they could click it and then have like the little keyboard pop up Oh yeah. and type in about time for true crime pod with periods in between every word. Yeah. And that is a word for not a number. So it would be A-B-O-U-T period T-I-M-E period F-O-R period T-R-U-E period C-R-I-M-E period P-O-D. And that's where you'll get all of that fun stuff. I like it. Yeah. And also you guys, pictures of cats. Good God. And other cute little guys. For the love of it, send them. So uh, if they wanted to send us like a DM or anything on their thoughts or what they want to hear, they could totally do that. But if they wanted to write us like a love letter or um, you shouldn't have you guys or get us to don't No, we wouldn't. I think both of us would not take well to that. But we do love you all very much. Our partners Um, wouldn't like it either. But no, they'd be like, "Uh, 
Well, we don't know about that. So, or they'd be like retweet. <laughs> I agree. Oh, cute. They probably Aww. would. Um, and then they'd be like, I don't like it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> good. Not delete it. <laughs> um, so if you wanted to send us anything longer, have us sign like a petition or something, you could sure. send us an email. But Allie, where where would they do that? Well, y'all could do that at um, about time. The number four, numeral four, right? Mm-hmm. Four. You know that's right. TC at Gmail. So that's A B O U T T I M E numeral four T C as in true crime. Y'all know it mm-hmm. at Gmail dot com. Well, we hope to see you there. We would love to see you there. And if I'm checking my watch correctly, I believe that was about time for true crime. Bye.